0: To the crossover across time podcast we're back here uh, on our Monday for a Eastern Conference preview um we've we talked about this last week that this week we'd be focusing on basically getting a preview for the season as a whole uh starting today of course with the Eastern Conference on Wednesday we'll be doing the Western conference and then on Friday we'll talk kind of the NBA picture as a whole some of the bigger storylines some of the new things to look out for. Um, prevailing storylines, things of that nature. Uh, before we get started, uh, I'm your host, Karsten. Welcome to the show, uh, or welcome back to the show, whether you've been listening previously or you're brand new listener to the show. Either way, thank you for tuning in. We really appreciate your support on the show. Um, that being said, you know I think it's a pretty straightforward conversation when it comes to uh, the preview, so let's just go ahead and dive right into it. And I think that any conversation in the East, uh, especially within the last uh, month or so is now starting with the central division and specifically the Milwaukee bucks. Um, They're a big focal point because of the blockbuster trade um, from a few weeks ago for Damian Lillard. Uh, He is with the Portland trailblazers. No more. It was a long, uh, a long career there. Of course, this last season or perhaps season prior, Became the Trailblazers' all-time leading scorer, stellar career there, and now he has a chance to team up with Giannis and Tenacumpo in Milwaukee and push for a championship. That has to be the goal at this point. Um, of course, there are some questions about this team, but they have a new head coach. Uh, you know, longtime head coach uh, Mike Budenholzer, uh, the the Bucks, and he. I, it felt like it was maybe a bit more of a mutual decision, or maybe more uh milwaukee kind of forcing him out um actually now that i remember it it was a it was kind of a awkward circumstance for budenholzer being let go um if i remember correctly had some personal kind of life situations going around going on at the same time as he was uh as the Bucks decided, they were going to go in a different direction. Um, of course, it was around the same time as they had lost in the first round to the Miami Heat in this most recent playoffs. So uh, a new head coach, Adrian Griffin, uh, longtime NBA veteran who's been with, uh, you know, he's been working his way up the coaching ranks. He gets his first head coaching opportunity with the Bucs and a pretty stellar star tandem. Uh, now, of course, there is uh, a third former all-star in the mix, Chris Middleton, there's questions about his health. You know, that was a big storyline as well. Um, perhaps a factor in the Bucks, uh not meeting up, living up to expectations of what you'd expect in last year's playoffs. Um, when he was back, he maybe wasn't quite the same player. He hasn't played yet in the preseason. So there's questions there. Um, also, people have some questions about the bench, uh, their depth and what they'll the kind of production they'll be able to get out of the bench. Uh, me personally, I think that they, um, I think the the bench looks all right, you know, especially with the recent signing of Cameron Payne. I think that's a very underrated signing. I wasn't sure why the Suns decided to move on from him. Um, Cause I think he's a, a very serviceable backup point guard, gives them some depth there. They picked up Malik Beasley. They retained Crowder. Uh, Portis is still in the mix. Uh, Robin Lopez to back up Brooke. Brooke is still there. Uh, the starting center who does so many things for this team. Pat Connaughton, now you figure he shifts into that starting shooting guard spot. And Marjan Beauchamp, uh, Beauchamp, hopefully I'm pronouncing the name correctly. Um, I know a lot of people are excited about what he could do if he gets more of an opportunity. Looks like he has a chance here to get uh, an extended role. And so I think the bench is all right. Um, Of course, Lillard and Giannis is going to be, has a potential to be a dynamite pairing. And so it really just comes down to, um, yeah, Chris Middleton. But my thoughts are Lillard and Giannis with that surrounding cast, that supporting cast, I think they can get off to a good start and get some wins, at least be uh, a good team, a top five or six team in the East. Uh, if they need a little bit of extra time for Middleton to to get healthy, get right to, to return to the lineup fully, you know, so that um, I think that could be, the answer, especially in the central division where there's some teams that maybe, um, are going to be not quite at the same level. You know, it's not the same as, you know, maybe a Pacific division in the West that's, you know, ultra competitive for the most part. Um, but you know, that's not to be, that's not to say that there's no competition in the central division. That's that would be a misnomer. Um, and the bucks will certainly have some competition in the Cleveland Cavaliers, um, that's probably that next best team in that division. Um, of course, Donovan Mitchell, his kind of all NBA type play last season, his first season in Cleveland after leaving the Utah jazz uh, or being traded from the Utah jazz. Uh, he is impressed. He's become their go-to guy, but of course, Garland, an all-star in his own right, um, that backcourt pairing, that's one of the better backcourts in the league. Certainly one of the best in the Eastern conference They added Max Struess in free agency from the Heat. Uh, Great uh, story of the Heat, you know, the Heat's developmental system. He now gets a big chance to be a starting uh, shooter in that Cavaliers lineup. Evan Mobley and Jarrett Allen, that defensive minded front court. Um, And then they've added some nice bench pieces as well. You know, uh, they retain Lavert and Okoro, they bring in. Uh George Niang, who was with the 76ers last season. Uh, they retained Dean Wade as well. They've got uh Sam Merrill, who really emerged along with Isaiah Mobley and Amoni Amani Bates, uh, all three of those guys had stellar summer league play. And so they could have an opportunity to be some nice um deep bench pieces for this team ricky rubio they will be without him for the next little while dealing with some personal issues but once he's able to return um he is a, a fantastic backup point guard uh he's a very serviceable starting point guard so they've got some some good depth there and as their younger talent continues to to play well and maybe even grow a bit more they should be a very competitive team in the eastern conference uh so they have kind of taken the place a little bit um, of the Chicago Bulls as far as that next best team uh, in recent years in that central division. So where, where does that leave the Bulls? Well, the Bulls still have their main core, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and Vucevic. They re-signed Vucevic. And so they've got those main three guys, and they still have um, you know an interesting team around that. But, of course, they will still be without the services of Lonzo Ball. Unfortunately, he unfortunately, he is out for this season as well. He did not play at all last year, and he did not play for a majority of the season prior. And so at this point, a lot of people have concerns about his ability to play again uh, at all, let alone to to come back and play consistently. Um, he has said that, you know, especially with his his age, he's still not very old. Um, at all. He, he thinks he's, he's not worried about his ability to ever play again. Um, But that it's definitely a big loss for the bulls. If you remember two seasons ago, uh, the, when the bulls got off to such a hot start with the, you know, when DeRozan was first added to the team, Lonzo ball was a huge part of that. His, his defense and his more so his playmaking were both keys to that team. They were running the fast break. Caruso was able to come off the bench and uh, it was an exciting team. Now Caruso still, of course, in the mix and he could be a candidate for uh, the replacement at that starting point guard. Uh, they do also have Kobe white and they've signed Javon Carter, who I like a lot as a player, as a backup. They've got Tori Craig. Now they have Andre Drummond still in there. Um, they have a lot of guards, on that bench. So they have plenty to work with to replace Alonzo ball. Um, and then with the the stars and Levine, DeRozan, Vucevic, you know, it'd be an interesting team. I think they'll be very competitive. Um, it'll just be interesting to see what they're able to do this season um, compared to previous years, how that uh, kind of influences and uh, how the bulls take that going forward. How long do they keep the score together? I guess is more of the question, you know, because DeRozan's getting a little bit older at this point, as is Vucevic. Levine is uh, still kind of in his prime, um, but it's certainly worth wondering what the the plan is to to either take the Bulls to the next level or if they have to start things over at some point in the near future. Um, However, a team that already kind of has their clear direction there on the up and up, uh, would be the next up in that central division. That's the Indiana Pacers. Um, of course, they had a lot of growth last year, especially with their all-star point guard, Tyrese Halliburton, acquired just a couple seasons ago from the Sacramento Kings. Now they gave up DeMondis Sabonis to get him. So all-star for all-star, um, a trade that ended up working out for both teams very well. Um, I remember at the time, a lot of people were panicking for the Sacramento Kings sake. Um, but again, it's worked out for both teams. The Pacers are going to be interesting. Um, Of course, veteran coach and Rick Carlisle, um, they've got Miles Turner, who's always been great, but is always in trade conversations. Um, Halliburton, as I mentioned, the now sophomore, Benedict Matherin, who had a great rookie year last year. um, Can he be a little more consistent with that offense? Can he be a starter, or is he kind of suited for that six-man type role they had him at? Um, I like the drafting of Jarris Walker, a bigger, stronger forward. Um, maybe he emerges as a starter and kind of gives them a little bit more size there. Um, and the addition of Bruce Brown, the veteran from the Denver Nuggets, who's now he has a championship ring and he has a chance to to be on the Pacers, make a little bit of money for himself, of course, with a nicer contract. But he also has a chance to help uh, give some veteran leadership and some playoff experienced leadership to a younger squad looking to take that next step to become a competitive team uh, after a few years that they've been out of the playoffs. Obi Toppin from the Knicks, the athletic forward, is in there. Andrew Nemhardt also had a nice rookie year last year. Um, a lot of pieces that I like, a deep piece that I like, Isaiah Jackson. Maybe he can get a little bit more of an opportunity. And so Pacers have plenty to work with. Uh, if Halliburton stays healthy, uh, now that he has an extension as well, you know i think that this could be a this could be a team that could could take a step forward and maybe they could even uh supplant the bulls if they uh make enough of a move forward um and then the remaining team in that central division the detroit pistons who are very much in a rebuild process they have been for the last few seasons and they've got plenty of uh of young talent especially at the guard spot uh cade cunningham from two seasons prior draft jaden ivy from last season's draft and now the most recent draft asar thompson all three of those guys guards with some interesting abilities athleticism defense scoring playmaking in various abilities various levels for all those different players it'll be interesting to see how those all blend together they've also got killian hayes another point guard monte morris a little bit older point guard who's been more of a uh, reserve point guard role. Uh, that's kind of where he's excelled. Um, but that's, that's not to say this team doesn't have some front court players. They definitely do. They have James Wiseman, who they acquired from the Warriors at the trade deadline last year. Isaiah Stewart, who just got signed to a big extension. Jalen Duren, going into his sophomore season. I liked what I saw out of him last year. I'd like to see him... Get a, a shot to compete for that set starting center spot. Boyan Bogdanovich and Joe Harris now, Joe Harris, a uh, trade acquisition uh, in the offseason. Harris and Bogdanovich, both more veteran players, scorers, and shooters, especially. Um, Bogdanovich playing more of that power forward role uh, should give them a little more veteran presence on this team. It's a very young team for the most part. Alec Burks gives them some veteran leadership as well. Um, and uh, they've also got a new head coach, Monty Williams, who was, of course, a phenomenal coach with the Phoenix Suns in recent years. It helped lead them to the finals in 2021. Uh, they were a consistent playoff team, a consistent top team in the Western Conference, but they had uh, experienced early playoff defeat in the last couple of years. Now he goes to an entirely different situation, a young team looking to grow. But when he got in into Phoenix, Uh, started there they were a similar situation they hadn't been in the playoffs for a while and he helped them as they learned to to be competitive and to get back into the playoffs so can he do the same for Detroit I think that would really be the question uh, for this team at that moment Um, that's our central division you know and they're not the only division with younger talent uh, in abundance, you know, I think we, if you go to the Atlantic, you can see that a lot, uh, starting with the Toronto Raptors, um, they're going to be working with the loss of a great player, Fred Van Vliet, who signed with the Houston Rockets in free agency. Uh, so now they have a, a bit of a vacancy at that starting point guard spot. Um, they signed Dennis Schroeder, who could be the veteran to play uh, to, to be the starter. They could also play a bigger lineup and have Gary Trent Jr., more of their scoring guard he could play a point guard type role Um, of course we've seen with this team they have so many dynamic players and especially dynamic forwards any of those guys could kind of bring up the bring the ball up the floor and they could run a unique type of offense scotty barnes pascal siakam uh, of course siakam is the 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 big dog now unequivocally van vliet was kind of a a co-guy there as far as best players on the team Uh, Jakob Pertl, who's a great, you know, player to bring back. He had been a Raptor. They brought him back at the trade deadline last year, and he was just a great fit for that starting center spot once again. Um, Grady Dick, the rookie, uh, could have a chance to be uh, an emerging player. Of course, one of the the few guards really on the team. Um, Otto Porter, you know, can he return from injury and be productive? You know, what is this team's ceiling i suppose this season are they just going to be a a team that's more building or are they going to be competing for a play-in type spot i guess that's a question Uh, of course the new head coach uh, darko rajakovich um, who's also this is his first chance at an nba head coaching uh, head coaching job so it'll be interesting to see what he does as a head coach and how this team uh, gels together again a lot of young talent how does it all go together um, is really the question there. Um, and yeah, the front court is another thing. Um, Siakam and Pirtle, of course, great Barnes and Anobi. you know, bigger forwards. And then off the bench, Boucher, Coloco, Achiwa, uh, Jalen McDaniels, Thaddeus Young, a lot of front court guys. So I'm interested to see how that all kind of works together. Um, Another team that is younger talent focused that will be looking to kind of compete for play in spot uh, potentially would be the Brooklyn Nets uh, also in that Atlantic division. When they made the trade, they traded away Kevin Durant at the trade deadline. Uh, They got back some great players from the, uh, from the Suns, Mikhail Bridges and Cameron Johnson in particular. Um, Now they also with the, Kyrie Irving trade they got Spencer Dinwiddie um, and Dorian Finney-Smith from the Mavericks and those are all four of those guys are key parts of the rotation three of those are starters Finney-Smith coming off the bench and now we have a full season of that we should have a full season of a healthy Ben Simmons at the point guard you would imagine um, Nick Claxton continuing to grow you know there's a lot of intrigue with this team and especially with Mikhail Bridges You know, there was a stretch when he first got to Brooklyn and especially in the playoffs, his scoring, we already knew he was a great defender, but his scoring was off the charts. If he can maintain that for a season, the scoring with the defense being one of the better two way players in the NBA, you know, you could be on the lookout for him as an all star as maybe an all NBA, depending on how well he performs. Certainly all defensive team um, would be one to watch out for as well. Cameron Johnson, what he can do with a little bit more of a extended role. Um, again, the Ben Simmons question, you know, he's played and he's looked all right in the the preseason so far, especially offensively. Um, a guy that's looked really good in the preseason offensively is Cam Thomas. We know he had that crazy stretch last year of, of high scoring games. Uh, I think it was right after the Durant trade. Um, and he's looked great again in the preseason, Uh, They had a game against the Lakers. Him and Austin Reeves went back and forth uh, trading three-pointers. And we'll talk about Reeves, of course, on Wednesday. But um, what can Cam Thomas be? Can he be a starting-type guard? Can he be a a star on the team? Or can he be more of a six-man-type player? Uh, They've signed Lonnie Walker to to help out their depth. Royce O'Neal's still in the mix. So I think... The Nets are going to be really intriguing. The Nets and the Raptors, both teams with younger talent making a push for the play-in tournament, but Nets probably a little more so with what we saw from Mikael Bridges especially. Um, So there's some intrigue there in the Atlantic division. A team that's a little more definitive as far as they should make the playoffs would be the New York Knicks. Um, The Knicks are are consistently consistent, uh, I guess is one way to phrase it you know, the, the Brunson signing in the previous offseason ended up being a slam dunk. You know, Brunson has been a, a fantastic point guard for the Knicks. Um, Randall, of course, after he was an all-star two seasons ago, the prior season, he slumped a little. And then last season, he kind of brought it back. And, and especially the three point range, uh, he was, uh, pretty effective there so that's been a great thing to see rj barrett still good as a starter you know you wonder if he can take a further step forward be just a little better as a scorer a little better as a shooter he's not bad at all but you know a little more growth from him could be a, a big uh, a big factor for the knicks the bench uh is kind of retooled a bit they have of course josh hart who they got at the trade deadline last year who they just signed to a big extension and now they've signed Dante DiVincenzo. So with Brunson, Hart, DiVincenzo, and at the moment, Ryan Archidiacano competing for a roster spot during the preseason, they have the the Nova Knicks, the the New York Wildcats, the Villanova Knicks, whatever you want to call them. Um, A lot of those Villanova players from those national championship teams um, in the mix here. And so I think that's a fun little wrinkle, but they've got all sorts of players across the board. Uh of still is a head coach, you know, the Knicks should be at least where they were last season. The question is, can they make another step forward? What does the bench depth do for them uh, this season? You know, I think that'll be interesting, interesting to watch for. Um, very intriguing team to watch for as far as how they respond from a very turbulent offseason would be the Philadelphia 76ers. Of course, above all else they have, uh, as kind of their rock, their literal centerpiece, uh, Joel Embiid last season's, uh, league MVP phenomenal year. He's had a phenomenal last several years. He should be there to be the stabilizer. Now, the question is what do you get out of James Harden? It was a very acrimonious, um, I, I want out Daryl Morey, the relationship there being uh, in, in pieces, I suppose. And at this point, Harden has returned to the team in, in a training camp capacity and uh, at preseason to an extent, I don't believe he's played in the preseason at this point, but he's, he's been with the team. He's working out with the team. So there was no trade ever made. He, he signed the, Um, the player option with the idea that he would work with the front office on, on a trade. At least this is what was, uh, was kind of in the news and the rumor mill, a trade to either the Knicks or the Clippers was what was, uh, was, was discussed in media circles. Didn't ever end up happening. So he's now back with the Sixers and lost in all of this and also lost in his inconsistency in the playoffs was how stellar James Harden was this last year. I mean, I believe he led the league in assists or was one of the league leaders in assists. He was um, a productive scorer. He wasn't looking to score first because he was feeding the MVP and Embiid. Um, And even in the playoffs, even though it was inconsistent, he had some games that were truly, you know, they were, Houston-esque reminded you of what made him so amazing in Houston. And so even though it's going to be a bumpy road, we have seen players who requested a trade. It was very clear they wanted out and they didn't get traded and they went on to still be productive for their teams. So it's possible. We'll just have to see what actually happens. Maybe it's a a trade deadline move to, to move on from Harden. Who knows what will happen, but that's going to be a big storyline with the Sixers. And then around that, you know, I think the team is still solid. Maxie, of course, a young guy that everyone is excited about him continuing to emerge. Tobias Harris and P.J. Tucker, those veteran forwards, especially Harris with the scoring more so than Tucker. Tucker with the spot up threes in the corner. Um, the bench is an interesting mix. Pat Bev, Patrick Beverly, um, the the veteran physical defensive point guard, the ed, you know, an edge to him in his game. Uh the Anthony Melton's still in there. Danny Green uh stayed in there as well. Kelly Ubre Jr. uh signed and he could be a great six-man type player um at the forward spots you know and the the center depth as well uh Mo Bamba Montres Harrell Paul Reed uh Paul Reed's been a guy that I've enjoyed he almost went to the Utah Jazz on a uh Um, an offer sheet, but then the Sixers retained him. So if Harden is there and he plays well, then the Sixers should be right there in the mix of contention. But Harden is just such a question mark. It's hard to say. And another question mark, of course, is a new head coach. Um, Longtime head coach, Doc Rivers is now in the broadcast booth with ESPN and former Raptors head coach, Nick nurse, uh, a champion just a few seasons ago, is now coaching the Sixers, can he unlock something in the team and Harden and Embiid in that mix that can um, help elevate them from the second-round exit, that can push them into a a true contender that can change things in Philadelphia? Um, That'll be exciting to watch for. And, of course, the team that's going to be at the top of – the Atlantic division is the Boston Celtics and one of the most active teams in the offseason, which is surprising in some senses, you would think a team that has been so stellar the last couple of seasons, even with two different head coaches, both those years, um, they made the finals just two years ago, Jason Tatum, one of the best players in the league at this time, Jalen Brown, uh, always kind of, Exceeding expectations, uh, better than people might expect, or better than uh, he gets credit for sometimes. You know, it'd be very easy to maintain that core, but there's also that uh, knowledge that a championship window or a contending window uh, doesn't stay open forever. So you have to stay aggressive and you have to be willing to risk changing things up. Uh, a big change they traded Marcus Smart, the longtime heart of the team. Defensive Player of the Year during that Finals run season, uh, he was traded to the Memphis Grizzlies uh, as part of that exchange. And during that same time, they were able to get apps Porzingis from the Washington Wizards. Now, the injury questions are always there with Porzingis, but the X factor that he brings—his size, his mobility, his skill set—you know—we saw already early in the preseason his ability to finish at the rim. Of course, he has the stretchability, the three-pointer, all those things. What he brings to that mix, and they still have Horford. Uh, you know, that could be interesting. And not only that, as a byproduct of the Damian Lillard trade, the Celtics, by way of Portland, were able to get Drew Holiday as their starting point guard. So you move on from Marcus Smart. You hate to lose him, but now you bring in Drew Holiday. Who's still a great defender? He's a more capable offensive player. He has all the great intangible, you know, great teammate, great community guy, uh, all of those. Uh, you know, the sportsmanship awards, all of those kind of things, the leadership that he brings there, and championship experience that he had in Milwaukee. So that potential starting lineup is awesome. The bench, maybe there's some concerns. You know, Derek White is has been great off the bench um they lost robert williams as part of the trade for drew holiday so now the not having his physical edge inside luke cornett off the bench they've signed lamar stevens winning gabriel so those guys can maybe try and make it work um they also have peyton pritchard who signed an extension uh just recently and he'll get a chance to kind of re-emerge as a, a backup guard i like him be in there the rookie jordan walsh a late brown pick but he could be he's a, a player that people are excited about like he could be a steal from the draft and then of course jalen brown if we're talking extensions signing the richest contract in nba history uh extending with the celtics so he's locked in tatum's locked in they have a retooled team joe Missoula back as head coach that should be one of your top contending teams in the eastern conference uh Absolutely. I mean, and what an exciting team to watch for. And there's excitement all across the Eastern Conference. Early season, preseason excitement uh, coming from the Atlanta Hawks. And uh, that's where we're going next in the Southeast Division. Um, I don't know what it is about Atlanta, especially when they're playing at home uh, at the – their home arena they they always have these close games. They've had two preseason games. Their first two preseason games were both like down to the wire games. They had a streak of, and maybe not a streak, but they had a, a series of games last season um, for a couple of weeks where they were all, you know, buzzer beater finishes, overtime games. Um, AJ Griffin had a couple of buzzer beater game winner type plays last year. There's just always something exciting about Atlanta. And some of that, of course, comes from their star, Trey Young, his style of play, his ability, which is, he's actually kind of in a league of his own. I was saying some statistics on his logo three-pointers. Actually, he has more than either Damian Lillard or Stephen Curry, which is a little surprising. But of course, we know that he has his own uh, stellar abilities from three-point range. Maybe not quite the efficiency, but he can he can certainly knock it down. Dejounte Murray, his second season in Atlanta. The defense, the the edge that he brings is exciting. There's no John Collins, of course. He was traded to the Utah Jazz, um, but that now just gives a little bit more opportunity for the younger front court guys. Clint Capella, of course, is the starter, uh, the defensive-minded center. But Anyako uh, Sadiq Bay, the trade deadline acquisition from. The Pistons, I believe, by way of Golden State, if I remember that trade correctly. Uh, Jalen Johnson, second-year guy. uh, Bruno Fernando, deep bench player there. That front court, those guys will get more of an opportunity to shine. Um, Bogdanovich coming off the bench. uh, A.J. Griffin, as I mentioned. And they actually added Patty Mills and Wesley Matthews. So they have a little bit more veteran presence uh, to help out this team. And they have the first full season of their head coach, Quinn Snyder. He was brought in. about the midway point last year he was of course such a great head coach with the utah jazz for so many years now his first full season with the hawks and this unique lineup it'll be interesting to see how competitive they can be in the eastern conference uh and in that southeast division staying in the southeast division let's talk about the charlotte hornets um, a young team again a lot of exciting young talent uh starting with the the Second overall pick, Brandon Miller. Yeah, I was trying to remember how the, the top three went. Second overall pick, Brandon Miller. Uh, small forward, bigger forward. He can maybe play some power forward as well. Um, brings you some scoring. You know, It'll be interesting to see how he fits into the rookie of the year chase, which of course is going to be one of the biggest storylines this season, but we'll get more into that with our Western Conference preview. Um, but he'll be in there with LaMelo Ball. Of course, the star for the Hornets, he just signed a nice extension. His health is really the big question. When he plays, we know that he can be dynamic, that he can be exciting, he can be a great player, he can be an all-star. But his health the last couple of seasons has been a big issue for this Hornets squad and their hopes to to get out of the, you know, subpar losing-type seasons and to get into contention. So that'll be something to watch for. Um They also have P.J. Washington, who signed a big extension himself, and he's had some nice preseason games, especially in the last few days. Um, Can he be the starter alongside Miller and the sophomore center, Mark Williams, who showed some nice flashes as well? Could that be a lineup to build for the future? Um, And then, of course, we can't forget Miles Bridges. Uh, He didn't play at all with the team last season. He was re-signed this offseason but was also suspended 30 games because of the whole uh i believe it was uh you know misdemeanor or felony or something of that nature i'm forgetting a lot of the specifics um conduct detrimental to the team if we want to phrase it that way uh, and it's unfortunate you know because he when he played just a couple seasons ago he his last season that he played, he really emerged as a a great scorer and a great complimentary piece to Lamella Ball for that season. Um, and so lo- having lost that, it really set them back last year. So after that suspension is over, um, probably by December or January at that point, will he be able to come back and, and contribute to this Hornets team? Will he be a positive player for them? As uh, another way to say it, I suppose. But uh, you know, Steve Clif- Steve Clifford, veteran head coach, uh, young talent, Lamelo Ball's health. There's questions, but I think if the cards can kind of line up for him, if everything can go right, um, if the planets align, maybe not that extreme. But if things work out well for the Hornets, they could be they could easily be a play in team, and I could see them. Uh, really taking a leap. But again, we'll have to see what actually happens there. One team I'm really intrigued by is the Washington Wizards. Now, they're going to be one of the lower performing teams record wise in the Eastern Conference. Um, that's a pretty safe bet, I would think. You know, this is their first season without Bradley Beal in probably about 10 years, if not more. I want to say it was the. 2012 or 2011, 2011 draft, I think, was when they got Bradley Beal. Um, And of course, the year prior to that, they got John Wall. Um, It was about six or seven years ago at this point, they had that great playoff run with Wall and Beal, and they were a, a very good Eastern Conference team. And there's just been this very gradual downfall of losing those players first to injury and then losing them to another team either through trade or through a free agency signing or what have you. And now the remaining pieces and the new pieces are an interesting mix. Uh, Daniel Gafford, Gallinari now on the team. Kyle Kuzma, of course, was there last year. Jordan Poole, the trade acquisition uh, in exchange for Chris Paul, who was acquired in the Bradley Beal trade. Uh, Tyus Jones from the Grizzlies off the bench. They have Koulibaly, the rookie, who was, I believe, like the seventh or eighth pick. Denny Avdia uh, going into his third or fourth year. Corey Kispert into his second or third year. Um, Delon Wright, Landry Shamet. So it's a lot of young ish. I mean, Kuzma's not ultra young, Poole's a little bit younger, and so is Tyus Jones, but still not as young as some of the younger, some of the other teams with young talent we've talked about. Same with Gafford. So it's young-ish, but they're also players with a lot of NBA experience. So they could have potential to to gel together. You now have increased offensive workload and opportunities for Kuzma, as well as Jordan Poole. He's definitive one of your offensive guys. Tyus Jones is now a locked-in starting point guard. You know, there's opportunity for most players on this Washington roster Uh, their head coach Wes Unseld Jr. is still there he's been their head coach for a while so you know there's not much expectation as far as uh, regular season record for the Wizards the question is which players take advantage of the opportunities in Washington and how can that help the team going forward I would say that's the storyline for that team Um, and another team with young talent that has opportunity, the Orlando magic. Um, They have a little bit more definition though, thanks to the defending rookie of the year, Paolo Bancaro. No, I feel bad for Bancaro because during this last regular season, uh, a storyline that wasn't even really tied to the NBA um, in particular, at least NBA games that were happening was fans and GMs and people around the game watching Uh, European ball and watching Victor Wenbanyama, you know, people were so excited about the prospect of Victor Wenbanyama, who of course we'll talk about on Wednesday, but Bankero's stellar rookie campaign kind of got lost a bit as far as the, the conversation, you know, people didn't talk as much about how great he was, you know, but he had a fantastic rookie season. You know, he was one of the better rookie seasons, rookie of the year type campaigns within the last few years i would say and so he's back a sophomore season uh should only be getting better they've got wagner who was exciting as well um and from there you know there's a lot of interesting especially the guards anthony black and jet howard the two big draftees uh at the guard position going to be competing with the likes of cole anthony jalen suggs uh, Markel Fultz, to to find what that guard rotation looks like. So that'll be an interesting uh, mix there. Joe Ingles, the veteran, signed there for that veteran presence and leadership. Jonathan Isaac, he's a veteran as well. He's had the injury misfortune the last several seasons. Um, does he make a return? Does he Is he a part of the Magic's plans in a capacity at all in the future? You know, that's something really interesting to watch for i think um and uh yeah bancaro's sophomore year and how the 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 guards shake things out who potentially emerges at that those spots i think that's going to be an indicator for what orlando is able to do in the future Um, but ultimately of course we talk about these other four southeast division teams um we know whose division it is the reigning Eastern conference champions, that's the Miami heat. You know, Uh, the other teams are interesting. They have some potential to to be competitive, especially Atlanta, but we know that Miami is going to be the team to watch for in that division. Uh, As I said, they made the finals last year. Um, Jimmy Butler, of course, he had his media day moment, the quote unquote emo Jimmy. Uh, If you remember last year's media day, he had the, the, like dreadlocks and that whole thing. So now I think this is just going to be a yearly tradition. Now I'm curious what he's going to do next year's media day. Um, but that's besides the point. So uh, Jimmy beat world is in, in there or a um, uh, ball out boy or whatever you want to call him. Um, he's there of course. And he's, he's so underrated as far as his level of play, especially what he did in the playoffs to get them to the finals. Um phenomenal i mean he's one of the best players in the nba bar none you know i don't think i don't think that's overstating anything at all um and they also have one of the best head coaches in the nba maybe level of performance wise the best head coach and i know there's going to be some conflicting opinions as far as well greg popovich is still coaching the spurs and all time you know, head to head, what they've accomplished in their careers. Of course, Greg Popovich gets a bit of the nod over Eric Spolstra, but with what their teams have done lately, it seems like Eric Spolstra has really found something, you know, the the quote unquote heat culture has been, um, has been great, you know, and two finals appearances in the last four years, um, you know, three or four, um, Eastern conference finals appearances, you know, they've been phenomenal and they added Kevin love this past season during the season. Uh, And I think he's been a great addition at that power forward really allows Jimmy to just be the wing player more so than having to kind of be near that power forward, maybe playing power forward. Sometimes, you know, they're small ball to an extent and he can make that work, but he's better as a small forward. Sometimes maybe shooting guard, but love. They have Adebayo, of course, underrated defender. He's been stellar. He was great in the finals, too. He was really phenomenal in the finals. Tyler Hero, back from injury. Uh, he should really help out this team. Lowry, they brought back Josh Richardson after however many years. He's back in Miami. Um, Caleb Martin still has a chance to to be a player after his emergence in last year's playoffs. Jamie Jacques Jr., the rookie. Uh, should give them some guard help and uh, Thomas Bryant and Orlando Robinson, the backup bigs. I actually like that mix a lot. I felt kind of bad for Thomas Bryant being traded away from Denver around the trade deadline. And then the nuggets go on to win because I like what Thomas Bryant does. I liked what he brought to the Lakers when he was there. Um, So I like his chance to be a, uh, a depth piece for the heat and Orlando Robinson, you know, It's a name not a lot of people know, but when I've seen him play or seen his stat lines, uh, he's impressed me as far as in his role, you know, an 11th or 12th man off the bench, you know, getting some, some spot minute play at center. I think he can bring a lot to this team. And so, you know, they didn't get Damian Lillard. Of course, that was a big thing that people were looking for, but they've still got a solid team. You know, I guess the question would be do they look to bring in, you know, a little bit more bench help in some capacity, you know, do they look to a free agent market, a buyout market at the trade deadline, or swing in a trade at some point? Otherwise, you know, as Jimmy Butler said in their media day, he is very much of the opinion that they're, they have their eyes on the finals still, you know, people might question that, but people question the heat being a contender all of last year, right? Up until the point they were in the finals. And so, it might seem odd comparing their roster to other rosters, but I don't think it's such a uh, such a stretch, you know, because they have the track record. They've uh, they've done it before, and so there's no reason to start doubting them now. So, of course, the Heat are going to be in the mix in the Eastern Conference uh, contention, and that's our big run through team by team, division by division of the Eastern Conference. Let me take a break real quick to try and replenish my, not replenish, but patch up my throat real quick. Um, And real quick, I'll just kind of talk as far as which groups are contending playoff bound. I have four groups for you. This will kind of be our wrap up for what we just talked about. We have the contenders. That's the first group. We have playoff bound, second group. The play-in mix, your third. And the teams that are building for the future, that's fourth. And I mixed, I went back and forth on some of these teams. Right now, I think you you have five teams that are really in the contending mix in the Eastern Conference. And you can probably guess what they are: Milwaukee Bucks, of course, Boston Celtics, Miami Heat. Cleveland Cavaliers and Philadelphia 76ers. Now, Bucks, Celtics, and Heat are easy locks as your contenders in the East. The Cavaliers, I debated putting them playoff bound, but I moved them up. I think they, if Philadelphia doesn't quite work things out, Cleveland would be the next team up to be uh, competitive in that mix. And on the flip side, Philadelphia was a team I debated moving down into simply playoff bound just because of the question marks around James Harden, but with Embiid still as good as he is and the potential there with a new head coach, I think it's fair to still put them as technically a contender at this point. So there's five in your contending mix. You're simply playoff bound teams, uh, three teams that I think are pretty safe to be in the playoffs or at the very least, you know, the play in picture, Uh, the New York Knicks, the Atlanta Hawks, the Chicago Bulls, um, good teams good coaches good rosters and star level players you know they should be uh they should be doing just fine as far as the playoff picture is concerned. then you have four teams that are going to be vying for a a play in tournament spot and trying to to make their way into the playoffs the Brooklyn Nets, the Indiana Pacers, the Toronto Raptors and the Orlando Magic. Um, at first I didn't have the Raptors or the magic quite in this mix. But when I reshuffled my contenders and my playoff bound, I felt like I could put the Raptors in the magic. The Nets and Pacers, of course, both aided by young talent that really broke out last year. Nets a little less so, but they also are the team that made the playoffs last year um, with some help, of course, from Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant before they got traded. And so I think Nets and Pacers should be right there in that mix and the Raptors and Magic with the development of their young talent. Um, now, I say it with the Raptors and Magic and not the other teams because the Raptors have, um, you know, Siakam, who's been there before. They have OG Anobi, um, Scotty Barnes, Gary Trent, Dennis Schroeder. You know, I think their mix has plenty especially in the East in that kind of middle of the pack group to make a play-in type push. I mean, they're in the play-in last year. Um, and then Orlando, you know, a little less so, but they have some veteran help with Joe Ingles and, and Jonathan Isaac, the veteran leadership, but more so they have um, an emerging potential star in Paolo Bencaro. Um, So, you know, Franz Wagner was great. Wendell Carter, I think, is a solid center. So, a lot less so than Toronto, but I think they would be the the last possible team, if not Charlotte, in that kind of play-in mix. So that takes us to the building teams. I have three, and yes, Charlotte is one of the building teams just because of the big health questions with Lamella Ball in particular, the Miles Bridges suspension, um, and then the question, you know, Brandon Miller, I think, has a lot of upside, but he is a rookie. You know, that compared to Paolo Carroll, who's a sophomore, we've seen him in the league playing well. We haven't seen it quite yet with Brandon Miller in regular season play. I think he'll be great. Uh, he has, I think he has a chance to be really good, but we just don't know. You never know. So that's why I kind of put them in building. And then the Pistons and the Wizards, um, you know, Pistons still, there's a question mark with Cade Cunningham. You know, if he's healthy, I think he can really emerge um, and maybe get into a you know, dark horse, all-star conversation. You know, I, I maybe I'm a little optimistic there, um, but I like Cade Cunningham a lot. I'd like to see that happen, you know, and then the wizards, I mean, both of those teams, they just have such a mix of, you know, most of the players are on kind of the same level field of, Oh, they're intriguing or most of them are intriguing, younger type talents, but to be, more competitive, you have to have players that who have taken a step forward. You have to have, you know, a Miles Bridges or a Tyrese Halliburton. More so, you need a, you know, a Trey Young or a, a Demar Derozan, a Zach Levine, and it, that's more just to say you need players who are all star type talents who can lead teams. And Detroit and Washington just don't quite have that yet or at least they don't have it definitively and Charlotte potentially has it in LaMelo, but the health question, that's really the only thing holding them back. So that would be my, at this point in the preseason, as we preview this upcoming regular season, those would be my groups of kind of where I feel like all these teams are going to fall. So that's going to be exciting. You know, I think it's a really interesting mix. Um, There's going to be some more that we'll talk about on Friday with some of these teams. Of course, we'll maybe touch on the James Harden situation again. We'll talk Lillard and Giannis. We'll talk Boston. We'll talk a lot of the top teams, um, the contenders, because we'll get into kind of a playoff type picture. Um, So definitely be prepared for that. But um, I think it's really interesting to look at the Eastern conference as a whole. And on Wednesday, we'll do the same exact thing with the Western conference, potentially even more intriguing. Um, so definitely be on the lookout for that real quick. I'll go ahead and plug our socials um, on Instagram crossover across time. Uh, same thing on Facebook, on Twitter, we're X over across time. Uh, the X of course, you cross. So X over, but crossover across time. Um, all three of those, you can find uh, up, regular updates about the podcast. You can uh, see some visuals tied into our segments. Um there's also a uh, you know, link tree there uh, as well as on our um, I believe on our Spotify and, and Google Podcast uh, locations that will link you to the social media pages, as well as all the places you can listen to the podcast, run Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google podcasts, um, RSS. So RSS.com. So you should be able to, if you're listening to this, you found us somewhere and you should from there be able to find everything else. So um. thank you all for listening again we really appreciate the support and we'll be back on Wednesday voice crack exciting we'll be on, back on Wednesday for our Western Conference preview uh, we'll see you then